Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about Lieutenant Colonel Shello, the hero, climate, COVID, Christmas, and Fauci, and I changed the title of the lab. I'm going to call it Racial Lies Spread Marxism. Racial Lies Spread Marxism. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. Hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. You may recall we played a clip of a video, a tweet that was put up by a gentleman who was at that time in the American military, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller. He is now in the brig. He is literally in military prison awaiting a trial because he has been charged. He's waiting for a court-martial. I want to just play a portion of that clip before we talk about it. This is the clip involving uh, the Marine Lieutenant Colonel Marshall. Good evening. My name is Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller, United States Marine Corps. I'm the current battalion commander for Advanced Infantry Training Battalion. I've been in the Marine Infantry for 17 years. Started my tour with Victor 18. It's the current unit that's doing perimeter security, dealing with the mess that's going on there. I, you can see open source reporting that there was an explosion and some people were killed. I know through my inside channels that one of those people that were killed was a someone that I have a personal relationship with. Won't go into more details because the families are still being notified. Not making this video because um, it's you know potentially an emotional time making it because i have a growing discontent and contempt for my perceived ineptitude at the foreign policy level and i want to specifically ask some questions to some of my senior leaders and i'll say as a person that's not at 20 years um, i feel like i have a lot to lose if you play chess you can only see two to three moves out because there's too many variables i thought through if, if i post this video, what might happen to me, especially if the video picks up traction, if I have the courage to post it. But I think what you believe in can only be defined by what you're willing to risk. So if I'm willing to risk my current battalion commander seat, my retirement, my family's stability to say some of the things that I wanna say, I think it gives me some moral high ground to demand the same honesty, integrity, accountability from my senior leaders. And so I want to start with, we'll just use the Marine Corps, my, we'll just stick with the Marine Corps. So in the current fallout of Afghanistan, a lot of Marines were posting on social media and in response to that, the Commandant published a letter, which is the service chief of the Marine Corps. And I want to read from it. It was dated 18 August, so only a week ago. The Commandant, sir, you wrote, some of you may be struggling with the simple question, was it all worth it? We want you to know that your service is meaningful, powerful, and important. You fought for the Marine to your left and the Marine to your right. You never let them down. And then you go on to say that, you know, if we're, we're struggling, we should, we should seek counseling, which, you know, I get it. People have killed people. Um, I've killed people and I, and I seek counseling um, and that's fine. There's a time and place for that. But the reason people are so upset on social media right now is not because the Marine on the battlefield let someone down. That service member has always rose to the occasion and done extraordinary things. People are upset because their senior leaders let them down and none of them are raising their hands and accepting accountability or saying, we messed this up. 
If an 05 battalion commander has uh, the simplest live fire incident EO complaint, boom, fired. But we have a secretary of defense that testified to Congress in May that the Afghan National Security Force could withstand the Taliban advance. We have chairmen of Joint Chief, who the commandant is a member of that, who's supposed to advise on military policy. We have a Marine combatant commander all of these people are supposed to advise, and I'm not saying we've got to be in the in Afghanistan forever, but I am saying, did any of you throw your rank on the table and say, hey, it's a bad idea to evacuate Bagram Airfield, the strategic air barriers, before we evacuate everyone? Did anyone do that? And when you didn't think to do that, did anyone raise their hand and say, we completely messed this up? I've got battalion commander friends right now that are posting similar things, and they're saying, you know, Wondering if it, all the lives were lost and, and if it was in vain, all those, all those people that we've lost over the last you know, 20 years. And he goes on to say that we're all part of a chain. While every link may not be tested, the strength of the chain is only as strong as each link and you got to be you know, a good link, something like that. And what I'll say is, and from my position, potentially all those people did die in vain if we don't have senior leaders that own up and, and raise their hand and say we did not do this well in the end without that we just keep repeating the same mistakes this amalgamation of yeah we can cut him off there that guy that video we played it actually when it was first made this is shortly after the withdrawal of american troops from afghanistan and the horrific suicide bombing that killed those 13 service members and discovering as news goes on and on that we, we actually left in Afghanistan, besides abandoning Bagram Air Force Base, we left in Afghanistan thousands of Americans who couldn't get out in time because we, a hasty, poorly planned withdrawal, we left people in Afghanistan who are Afghani citizens who were loyal to and helping our troops who've now been beheaded in the streets. We, this was a disaster. So this young man was Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller did that video. He now sits in the brig under military arrest, military prison, uh, facing court-martial. I have about five points I want to make about his story. Number one, the reason in the beginning he said, I haven't had 20 years of service, is because that's when your pension and retirement kick in. So he's saying, essentially, I'm putting everything at risk. He spent his a significant portion of his adult life serving in the military, obviously serving abroad, and he will, if he were to be punished for having, done, having made that video, he would lose his retirement, which he apparently now has done because he's facing court-martial. He will then leave the military, unlike many who leave the military, with literally a very significant pension keeping them afloat. He'll leave with nothing. Number two, I agree with the general premise that in the military, you have to have chain of command. You can't have lower officers undermining the military, the people above them. You can't have someone, every military official out in the field uh, spouting off to the media, putting things up on Facebook saying, you know, my commanding officer said this and he did this and President Biden is wrong. You can't have that. I mean, generally speaking, it's the right idea that you don't allow, you do have a rule against people doing that. But I want to commend this guy's courage. His courage because what he is finally saying is, I understand I'm risking my retirement. I understand I'm not supposed to be making videos like this. He's obviously a loyal American patriot soldier. He's just saying, how could we have such a disaster in Afghanistan and nobody's responsible, nobody is going to apparently hold any accountability. 
since the time he made that video, you had the hearings in Washington where you had the high-ranking officials in charge saying, no, we didn't, uh, we didn't tell, we told Biden he shouldn't do this. We told President Biden he should leave troops on the ground. And so now, and Biden's saying, I don't recall that. And I can just tell you, given the current uh, state of affairs in Washington, D.C., the current involvement of you know who runs the House, who runs the Senate, who's in the White House, and who runs the entire left-wing media, there will be no accountability. There will be none. That is where we stand. And I know there'll be some serious high-level Republicans saying, you know, don't you think someone should be accountable here? Uh, let's review this decision. But it won't happen because the Democrats run everything. It's important to understand that. And this is uh, probably adding to his frustration. Also want to say, as you probably saw in the last couple of days, this young man's parents, by the way, this young man, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Stuart Scheller, is married, has, I think, two or three boys, young boys still at home. So his parents went out and started a GoFundMe. And the GoFundMe basically said, you know, we don't have any money for a good lawyer. This is what's going to happen to his family. He's going to lose his pension. He may go to military. He may go to prison. He may go to prison. Not the people whose conduct led to the deaths of all those innocent Americans, but the guy who, told, who spoke up about it. That guy might go to prison. By the way, I want to interject here. If you listen to our show very often, you know I love having experts on the show. Tomorrow, uh, the gentleman who's joining me on the show is named Sam Faddis. He's a former CIA operative, a brilliant writer, writes at a, an online publication called AND, A-N-D, where he writes with his wife. And he is going to talk about the withdrawal of Afghanistan from Afghanistan as tied in with the Biden family's corruption as it relates to the country of China. His writing is talking about it wasn't just a badly planned exit. It was an exit that really empowered and emboldened China, who, by the way, if you I don't know if you read this news story today, but who's taken over Bagram Air Force Base in Afghanistan? China. Chinese troops now run the Air Force Base that America abandons. We'll hear about that tomorrow. But back to Scheller. So his parents did this GoFundMe. They raised $2 million very, very quickly. And the kind of thing, America's all over the country, quick writing checks, small mouth checks, sending in to say this poor guy who spoke the truth about this corrupt Biden administration. Look what's happening to him. Well, then, Mr. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, in a fit of, I don't know, just kind of profound naivete, started putting out statements attacking President Trump. No, I, I'm, I didn't say that incorrectly. Attacking President Trump. Lieutenant Colonel Scheller put this out while he's in the brig facing court-martial. He'd rather, he, this is a statement to Trump, he'd rather sit in jail than work for you. This is what the same guy said. And he said, tell your son, which I assume is Donald Trump Jr., to stop tweeting about me. So he's really ripped into President Trump, causing some people who made donations to his, um, his GoFundMe page to say, uh, you know what, can I have my money back, please? If this guy's anti-Trump, you know, if this guy's going to be in there assaulting or, you know, criticizing President Trump, I want my money back. I, I don't want to defend him then if that's how he's going to be. But I want to say a little bit of word of defense, and I'll wrap up the first five, about Scheller. Number one is, um, number one is what Scheller, when he's doing that video, what he's, what he's really telling you is, I am a political, at the very least, least novice. I am naive. I'm, in fact, politically stupid. He apparently did not realize that virtually all the $2 million donated in the GoFundMe campaign uh, came from Trump supporters. 
This was extremely unwise. In fact, Scheller later put out, you know, I didn't really mean to say uh, anything bad about President Trump. I just don't think he's the right one to unite us. He said, well, he's just not the right one. That's all it is. He's not the right one to unite us. So this is, he's trying to backpedal. I'm sure he's realizing, wow, I just got all this, this donated money. And it all came from Trump. People said, better be quiet. But he did, um, to be fair to Scheller, he criticized Biden, criticized Trump, criticized uh, George W. Bush, criticized a lot of people. What it really says about him, I don't think it takes anything away from the power of what he did while he was still in the Marines or the legitimacy of his complaint. It doesn't really take away from that at all. This is a guy who's politically naive. In fact, in anything, if anything, it makes him more credible and more legitimate because he's not a Trumpster. He's just not a Trump big supporter. He's not a I love Trump guy. He's a I love America. I love the American military. I don't like seeing how Americans' military conducted the withdrawal from Afghanistan. He kind of has more credibility. I mean, it was unwise, and he may end up having some people who might have helped him say, never mind, I'm not writing you a check. But actually kind of adds to his legitimacy and credibility as a guy who's not out condemning the Afghanistan withdrawal because of the... Um, you know, because he really loved Trump and he wants to make Biden look bad. He's a military guy, uh, equal opportunity critic, apparently, of American presidents. But I don't think what he said about Trump in any way diminishes from the legitimacy and power of what he's saying as a member of the military, now facing court-martial for saying what I'm going to guarantee you, thousands, if not tens of thousands, and maybe even hundreds of thousands of members of the military were thinking, how could we have gotten the Afghanistan withdrawal so wrong who is going to be responsible for this? Who is going to be held accountable? Somebody should be. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay, so I'm going to hit these other topics today. Um, uh, there's a, um, I, I want to just ask this question. I'm going to get to the answer throughout this show. What do COVID, COVID, climate, and racial tension have in common? What do those three big pressing issues in America have in common? COVID, climate change, and racial tension. And I'll tell you the answer to that right now, and then I'll talk about this much of the rest of the show. The simple fact is that COVID, fear induced related to COVID, climate change, and racial tension are all designed, they are all designed as weapons used by the radical left, weapons used by the Marxists to shut down opposition, to manipulate the American people into surrendering their liberty. They're all being used. They are, we, we, the American people, are being manipulated by the Marxists in our government with the use of COVID and the use of climate change arguments and the use of uh, racial tension. We're being manipulated into submission to the left's agenda, manipulated into surrendering America. I'll start with COVID. And this is what this segment's kind of about. So on this whole COVID story, you know, um, you may remember right when COVID emerged on the scene in America, and maybe it was February or March of 2020, you know, it was about two weeks to flatten the curve. Everybody stay home two weeks and everything would be okay. Well, here we are. We're now in October of 2021, and we have 
this recent clip, this is Fauci, Dr. Fauci, still inexplicably in charge um, of COVID policy in America. And I know I said, by the way, we don't have Matt the Wonderful anymore. Matt the Wonderful actually moved on to a new job. We, everyone misses him. We have Derek the Wonderful here uh, taking charge. And I want to start with the one, um, the, I sent two different clips about Fauci. Uh, the one that talks about Christmas. I think I put Christmas in the label of it. But we can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell? You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell. So when you do that, when you tell people that there are alternatives, that if you do not want to get vaccinated, you're not going to work or you're not going to be able to go to school. I think that the emergent nature of what we're dealing with actually does justify that. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I guess my microphone was bumping my necklace. <laughs> the people in the booth are saying, take my necklace off. Okay. So I like that necklace, but it's bugging me today. Anyway. I wanted to think about that, what he's saying. We're going to talk a lot about where we are on COVID, but just think what Dr. Fauci is saying. We're in October of 2021, and he has been in charge of our policy related to COVID since last year. We've had many, many reversals of what he's had to say, many changes in what he's had to say, and he's now presuming himself just kind of stepping into the role of someone, I'll, I'll let you know about whether or not you can have your family over for Christmas. Now, I realize he's not making laws. He's just giving advice. But what has become the, his handling of the COVID epidemic, his policies he's urged presidents to accept, has morphed from being an advisory role to the president, to the NIH, and, all, and other medical authorities, to just being kind of the dictator telling us whether or not we can have Christmas gatherings. I want to play another thing that he had to say. This is the second Fauci clip I sent you. Uh, if you can, Derek, you can hit that one. But you are a member of society. And as a member of society, reaping all the benefits of being a member of society, you have a responsibility to society. And I think each of us, particularly in the context of a pandemic that's killing millions of people, you have got to look at it and say there comes a time when you do have to give up what you consider your individual right of making your own decision for the greater good of society. Okay, so he's making this greater good argument that, you know, stop telling me you don't want the vaccine because I don't, you know, I'm the guy making the rules here. I wanna just, I know I've talked with you a lot about COVID, but please, please think about these, these various points. Number one, he's on that news show, he's on other news shows. He pronounces, no, no, you can't get together for Christmas anymore. You know, or I'll let you know if you're allowed to have a Christmas party. And I'm gonna dictate to you that you just gotta get the vaccine. Must get the vaccine, must get the vaccine. There is not a, an, a journalist in America who can get close to Fauci or Biden to say, what about all the data you always ignore? What about all that data? Why, Dr. Fauci, for example, are you still pushing masks for kindergartners when you yourself said that masks were unnecessary, masks do not block the spread of COVID? Let me again tell you, if you missed this point, you can go to America's Frontline Doctors fabulous website, America's Frontline Doctors, where they list, you can search on the website, they list study after study after study after study, done over decades. Masks do not prevent the spread of viruses. The COVID virus, as an example, is exactly one one thousandth 
the width of one human strand of hair. It's tiny. It, it is the, the masks and the, you know, the masks like this, those other kind of masks, do zip, zero, nada, nothing to stop the spread of viruses. Every study ever done said that. And doctors, America's frontline doctors, have been saying, why is the medical establishment in America ignoring the mask, the truth about masks we all know? Why does he get to keep saying, wear your mask, wear your mask, when every medical study had been up until the moment COVID emerged on the scene? And even after COVID was here, Dr. Fauci said, don't need a mask. That's not going to do any good. Well, now they've got this, this uh, mask deal going. And so they have Americans living in fear, you know, afraid to step outside to get the mail out of their mailbox without a mask on. So masks do nothing. But no reporter ever can say this to him. And, or ever does ask him, he just, he just pronounces, and you have a completely lame media in this country who will not ask him, why are you pushing masks? A lame media that will never say to him, Dr. Fauci, there are now literally dozens of studies showing that ivermectin, as well as hydroxychloroquine, as well as budesonide, are very, very effective in treating COVID, especially at the early phases. Yet, and in your entire tenor, tenure dealing with this, you never say, by the way, I was wrong about ivermectin. I was wrong about hydroxychloroquine. I shouldn't have said that about budesonide. They never, not just not this guy, not just Dr. Fauci, but so many in, of the ruling class, including the governors who parrot what he has to say, the elected officials, they're never held accountable to deal with these facts. I'm gonna tell you some more facts that have come to light recently. And yet, as I say, nobody ever, they're never, ever, ever held accountable for what these studies are showing. Allow me to tell you a, another recent study, a California study, vaccinated individuals are more susceptible to COVID variant infections. The COVID variant infections, vaccinated Americans are more susceptible to COVID variant infections than are the unvaccinated. I mean, you're more likely to get sick with the variants if you have the COVID vaccine. And so why exactly we get to keep pushing the vaccine, they get to keep pushing the vaccine. No, there's just not, not a media in the country that holds them accountable. And this is explaining why there are more and more Americans just getting outraged. They're waiting to say, why don't these people, these alleged authorities, ever have to deal with facts? Why don't they ever have to deal with facts? You had Senator Ron Johnson, brilliant Republican senator on the floor of the Senate shares COVID-19 data from Public Health England, Public Health England, in which he outlines, this is from the UK where they have lots and lots of data, more public, more honest, more transparent than America's health authorities in UK, vaccines, as they, backing up with that other study said, showing vaccines offer no protection against the claimed Delta variant. Vaccines offer no protection against this new Delta variant. And we were seeing all these cases going up and up and up and up. That's not the original COVID-19. Those are the Delta variants going up. And yet the studies in the UK say the vaccine doesn't do any good. So why is Fauci pushing the vaccine created for COVID-19 when, when the new challenge is these Delta variants? On top of that, COVID-19, when people have been vaccinated, when they have been vaccinated, they carry, COVID-19 is carried and shed by vaccinated individuals. So people who've been vaccinated carry the COVID virus in their nose, in their mouth, and they spread it to people around them. Now, I'm not, I mean, I, I, again, I truly believe 
individuals are entitled to health care freedom. You should be free to get a vaccine. You should be free to not get a vaccine. But what we're watching in our country is vaccine tyranny. Vaccine tyranny out of the likes of Fauci and many other people we're going to talk about in just a moment. So that study, um, another study, um, Okay, this was, yeah, the California one, vaccinated individuals more susceptible to COVID variant than the unvaccinated. So let's go back and just talk about what Dr. Fauci was just telling you. What he's saying is, Fauci's words there were, you have to give up your individual rights for the greater good of society. And I'll get back to that in a moment. Fauci has never asked, for example, in that interview where he makes these pronouncements about you can't have Christmas and, you know, you're selfish. If you, you, for the greater good, get the vaccine. Even if you have religious objection, just get the vaccine anyway. No one ever says to him, but what about the fact that the COVID-19 virus vaccine has the highest death rate of any vaccine ever used in America? CDC's own numbers, which are lowball numbers by their own admission. They only have the numbers that doctors report to them. Over 15,000 Americans have died directly as a result of getting the vaccine. And yet Fauci is pushing it. Everyone else is pushing it. No one is apparently allowed to even challenge this. And the reporters, including the one doing the interview where Fauci made those statements, no one says, but, you know, I mean, you're pushing this vaccine. The death rate's astronomical. I mean, why are you okay with this? As a contrast, when there was a vaccine created back when we had, I think it was a swine flu or something, one of those previous episodes in recent history, had a vaccine, and when the test showed that it killed 32 people, they dropped the vaccine. 32 people died. We end the vaccine. Now we're at 15,000 have died, and that's just died, and that's just reported from the vaccine. And huge numbers, people with serious, permanent disabilities, injuries, and health problems they didn't have ahead of time, and yet no one ever puts it to Fauci. He just never has to answer. He's unaccountable, which leads me to one of the main points I want to make about why we have to stop letting unaccountable people like Fauci create any policy. He makes the argument, you heard him say, uh, he said basically, you, know, you have to give up your individual rights for the greater good of society. Well, one reason we don't have to do that, Dr. Fauci, is because you, are, you don't have the validity, the authority, the legitimacy of being an elected official. I'm telling you, if you had an elected legislature in the great state of Texas where I live, any other state, or in Washington, trying to pass the policies that Fauci is advising, you would find they wouldn't do it. The legislatures won't do it. The COVID tyranny is coming from unelected people with no accountability to anyone. We can't run. We can't have a primary challenger against Fauci. We can't recall him. We can't vote against him. We're just stuck with him. And we have in our country allowed ourselves to put him up on some pedestal above other doctors, even though literally in this, at, at this point, we're in the range of thousands of doctors who are saying, actual epidemiologists saying COVID-19 is not the lethal, it's not the bubonic plague. It's 99% of, of people survive COVID. 99% is a survivable you know, challenge. We have highly effective treatments that Fauci has shut down mocked and ridiculed and tried to make illegal and the government's still doing that still trying to punish hospitals and doctors for prescribing things that actual epidemiologists who treat covid patients are saying work 
We are putting him up on a pedestal, and he's not even elected. You know, the whole concept of America is that we have actually a people of individual rights and sovereignty, and that we have a government, and that governs by the consent of the governed. Fauci doesn't have the consent of the governed. He's never been elected by anyone. He's, he's been appointed to a position he's held since, like, I don't know, the Stone Age, and he sits up there in Washington spouting off, and then you have a whole bunch of elected people in states justifying the tyranny they next intend to impose, including the lunatic-level tyranny of forcing people to get vaccines for a disease that has, for nearly every American, a 99.9% recovery rate, and yet we're all being forced into vaccines. The airlines are going to start to talk about you have to have a vaccine in order to get on the airplane, businesses in New York shut down unless you have the COVID. You can't go without your COVID vaccine passport. And this gets to my point I asked you when I started talking about this. You've got to get the understanding that the left, not just in America, leftists in the world, Marxist, socialist, communists, their primary drive beyond anything else is power. They want to control everyone. They want to control you. They want they, they, the drive of conservative politicians, I'm not saying there are many of them, but drives of actual America Constitution uh, supporting conservative politicians is to govern with the consent of the governed to forward and protect the right of the individual to, individual to live in freedom. The goal of leftists, including this Marxist cabal that's taken over the Democrat Party, their goal is to control your life. COVID is being used as a tool to control your life. This fact that we, that many studies have now shown is that the current COVID-19 vaccine does not in any way prevent you from being susceptible to the Delta variant, which means they're going to come up with another Delta variant, another vaccine for the Delta variant. And there will always be a new variant. There will always be a new vaccine. And you're going to have the American people pretty soon lining up to be told their vaccine schedule if they ever want to get to leave their house again. That's what you're going to end up happening. So when I talk about COVID, I am not saying that it's not a real thing. Yes, COVID is a real disease. And sadly, many Americans died. And Americans died in part because we had unfortunately, a reaction to COVID, which was about the worst we could have done. We had doctors sending people to the emergency rooms, ending up putting them on ventilators, and pretty much the ventilators killed virtually everyone that got on the ventilator. Not everyone, but the vast majority of people on the ventilators perished. We had a bad initial medical reaction to COVID. And when doctors started emerging around this country saying, hey, wait, 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 wait. I've been treating with ivermectin, it's working great. I've been treating with hydroxychloroquine. The patients are better in two days. I've been treating with inhaled budesonide. The patients are up and walking around a day later. Doctors explaining we have these things available. What you got out of the medical ruling establishment, Fauci and others was nothing works, nothing except stay home and hope you don't die go to the hospital, almost surely die, and wait for the vaccines that are killing you. That has been Fauci's response. COVID is being used not just to force you to comply with the mask mandates and all the other kind of mandates they try to put in place, but it's being used to manipulate your mindset. So you actually think that your right to freedom, your, your American God-given right to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness is forever going to be controlled by the medical authorities who are going to tell you whether or not you can leave your home today or have a Christmas party. And back to Fauci's analogy, 
You know, he says, well, you have to, I mean, you have to sacrifice your personal uh, preferences uh, or, you know, for the greater good of the collective. Well, and he even made an analogy, a little shot in one statement he was making about the analogy to um, speed limits. And I, it's really funny because before I knew he said that, that was the analogy I had thought up to tell you. I may think that the most fun thing in the world for me is I want to drive 120 miles an hour on the freeway. Now, I don't do that. I'm not a speedster. But if I decide my personal right, I want to drive 120 miles an hour every time on the freeway, you know, and that's my personal right, then Fauci's point would be valid because, you know, the collective good is we have to have safety on the highways and we have to have safety. So, you know, your use of your desire to drive 120 miles an hour, you know, has to be tamped down. You don't have that right because you're going to endanger the people around you. So you have a duty to live in a law-abiding society to not do that, not drive 120 miles an hour on the freeway because you endanger other people. And so we have laws that say what the speed limit is. But those laws, second point, those laws are made by elected officials. So if you had a state where the elected officials, you know, suddenly said, you know what, we're going to have a safety, we're going to push for safety, and we're going to have 40 miles an hour as the absolute top speed on every single freeway in the state, you know, I'm going to guess those people will be voted out of office because that's unreasonable. You have a mechanism to remove people making unreasonable policies. Or if they said the speed limit is 120, you would have the people step up and say, you need to be removed because your policy is irresponsible. You have policy being made by elected officials. That's what the consent of the governed means, the constitutional provision consent of the governed. You have Fauci spouting off about Christmas with some, I didn't play the reporter who was interviewing him, but she just was, you know, salivating as every word and, and, you know, just could not hardly wait to cheer him on as he's saying, you know, I really don't think I'll have to let you know later about whether or not you can have Christmas gatherings. Fauci is unaccountable to anyone. He is not a lawmaker. He does not have the consent of the governed. He is not a policymaker and he should not be listened to by the policymakers especially because he has refused to listen, to take into account, to share with the American public that there are indeed a large number of efficacious treatments available for COVID that will, especially in the early phases, nip it in the bud. You don't have to end up in the hospital being on a ventilator, which is probably going to kill you. You actually don't have to do that. There are better choices. And so you have Fauci spouting off making these irrational demands, irrational, never being, never accountable for the studies that show, oh, by the way, and, and actually it was in England, no, it was in Australia, where they were, they were telling about the number of cases they have there. In Australia, they ended up seeing the majority of people, majority of people dying in the hospitals of COVID were fully vaccinated. So this idea, we're pushing the vaccine to make you safe is untrue. And it does, so it doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. It doesn't prevent you from dying of COVID. And you, the vaccinated, are spreading the virus more than the unvaccinated are. And yet the target of the mindset of these leftists is go after the unvaccinated, vilify them, treat them like second-class citizens, treat them like people who should be you know, the pariahs or lepers in society when well, they're not hurting anybody. That was one of the main points Senator Ron Johnson made in his floor speech was this lie that Fauci and others have been saying that what we have right now is a pandemic of the unvaccinated is factually baseless.
It's baseless. We are not suffering a pandemic of the unvaccinated. They're not hurting anybody. If you're worried about spreading COVID, you ought to be worried about those who've had the vaccine who are far more likely spreading as these studies are showing. But no one asked Dr. Fauci to explain that. No one says you better justify it, which is causing more and more Americans to realize there's something else going on here. There's something else. And COVID is being, at my conclusion, and I want you to take it to the bank with me, COVID is being used, the policy that America uses to treat COVID is being used as a means of shaming Americans, forcing a vaccine on they don't want, and forcing a mentality that says your God-given right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness is going to be infringed by people who won't listen to the science, who won't talk about the facts, who won't explain why they're still pushing a vaccine that has caused 15,000 Americans to die, and the number is actually much higher. In fact, there's a whistleblower now from inside one of the vaccine companies who's been saying, no, the number is more like 46,000 Americans have died from the vaccine. I don't know if that's accurate yet, but they've got a whistleblower who's now trying to tell that story. I'm telling you all this to say it's really, really, really important to think for yourselves, to not have the government tell you what to think. Think, oh, I saw Fauci on the news and he said we can't have Christmas. You go, well, okay, I guess, you know, we'll just stay home by ourselves for Christmas. This, this change in American society and culture as a result of COVID is dovetailing perfectly with the rise of the Marxist movement in this country. Leftists have used whatever scare tactic they can come up with to seize power. It's what leftists do. They use crises, they use trauma they use to seize power. When President Obama forced through the socialized medicine program, Obamacare, that he wanted to seize power, and, and, and by the way, as I wrote in my book, and I say so often, polling before Obamacare passed showed that the majority of even Democrats in this country said, no, do not, do not. Uh, past socialized medicine in America. Do not have the federal government take over the healthcare system. But they were in power. The Democrats were in power. At the time Obama came to power, he had the White House, the Senate, and the House, and they seized on that to expand government power over healthcare. Democrats used crises and fear and any issue always and forever to gain more power over the people. So one way they're doing it right now is with COVID. You now have people, you know, trembling in their homes, waiting to be told if they're allowed to go to the grocery store. You're seeing this happen in the UK. You're seeing it happen in Australia, New Zealand, all over the world. Leftists who've always wanted to be leftists, always wanted to be more tyrannical, always wanted to control people more. COVID just gave them an opportunity. It gave them an opportunity to control people's lives. One other thing is, it's interesting too, um, that I have a little clip that Derek has for, this is the relatively newly uh, instilled governor, the state of New York. Um, she's uh, Kathy Hochul. Uh, she actually spoke at a church. What she said in this church about vaccines is mind blowing. Play that Derek. God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers, he made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say, thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. 
I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love? But to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. I want our kids to be safe when they're in schools. I want you to be safe when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital and are treated by somebody. You don't want to get the virus from them. You're already sick or you wouldn't be there. We have to solve this, my friends. I need every one of you. I need you to let them know that this is how we can get, fight, fight this pandemic, come back to normal, and then start talking about the real issues that we have to. Fighting systemic racial injustice, which exists today. And if there's a denier, I will take you on any day because I've seen it. I know it exists. And we are not going to have a blind eye to this ever again any longer under my... Okay, it cut her off. I can hardly stand it. That's a new governor after Cuomo had to resign uh, because of sexual harassment. This is a new governor of New York, uh, Kathy Hochul. I think when, when Cuomo first resigned, she was viewed by some as kind of, okay, you're going to temporarily step up and, you know, you can serve as governor until we pick a new one. She's like, uh-uh, uh, -uh, -uh I I'm here. I'm governor. I'm running the place. I want you to, to just think for a moment about the God complex level thinking in her head. God wants you to take a vaccine. God's, I, I mean, if there ever was a, a you know, picture of, a depiction of the God complex the left has, leftists want to control you. She's now, and again, no one in that church, no one in the media is ever going to say to her, well, if, you know, if the virus has a 99%, 99.9% recovery rate for virtually everyone, why do I have to get a vaccine? If the vaccine is killed, has killed at least 15,000 Americans and disabled hundreds of thousands of them or caused serious medical issues, why do I have to get the vaccine? And she doesn't have any exception in her head about people who've had COVID, who then have the antibodies, who are the most safe of all. Doctors on my show, you've heard before, said, you know, if you've had COVID and you have the antibodies, you will never get COVID again. And you're not carrying around all the virus injected in you by the vaccine. I mean, this is a, I, I mean, I stumble at words, trying to think of words, the, the level of arrogance, the I am, I am the government, therefore I'm God, I'm pronouncing God's will, God's will is that you, I mean, this is loopy level leftism, but she's darn serious. And no one in the media ever asks her those questions. No one, no, no one says, what in the world are you talking about? Why, if we have that recovery rate, why, if it's killing people, why we have all these treatments that are effective, why do we have to do this? And, and you're being trained. Understand what the COVID policy is being used for by the left. You're being trained to be submissive. Masks don't work. Every doctor knows this. And yet you have the government say, oh, yeah, mask up, mask up, mask up. Even Fauci said they didn't work in the beginning. They totally realized it was another way. You have to see this and you can understand why people are rebelling. And by the way, there was a study. She made some shot in her little sermon, her sermon there about how, well, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. There's actually a study out that was talking about who is the unvaccinated. It turns out that the unvaccinated are highly educated. It's the most highly educated who aren't getting the vaccine, who actually read things outside of what the government tells you to think and read for themselves and think for themselves. Anyway, I said that at the start of this segment, I want to talk about how the left uses issues. They use COVID. They use climate change. I can't get into climate change much today, but I want to say, I, I want to plant this seed and I'm going to continue hitting on it. COVID and climate and racial tension 
are all used by the left to gain and explode ex and grow their power. If they can implant in the minds of people fear about COVID or fear about climate change, then whatever they want to do to take control of everything is justified. And with COVID and climate, leftists use those, choose those policies because most people would say, well, I'm, I'm not, a, most people are not epidemiologists, they're not doctors, so I don't know, maybe the left is right. I guess I better, you know, they said I have to, you know, do the following things, wear a mask and stay home and socially distance and, um, and get the vaccine. And you, it's an issue is easy for the left to use because the average person thinks, well, I don't really know much about, I'm, I'm not an epidemiologist, I'm not a doctor, or well, I'm maybe, I'm maybe they're right. They choose issues the average person doesn't know enough about to know to challenge. It's the same thing with climate change. We're going to have to go through sometime soon all the climate change garbage in both the infrastructure bill as well as in the $3.5 trillion spending bill um, and how much government control over every aspect of your life is written into those bills and the excuse is climate change. It's the same mentality, the same mode, the same MO the left uses as they do with COVID. They use the climate. Climate change was the idea that, well, even the average person, I'm not a climatologist. I don't know. Maybe they're right. You know, maybe uh, the world is all going to melt or freeze or whatever, you know, whatever decade you're in depends if they're claiming it's all we're going to freeze to death or roast to death. Whatever it is, they finally got on to climate change. So whatever happens in the weather, they can say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's because of climate change. Climate change is the justification for leftists to seize and maintain power. They use climate change to because people, the average person, doesn't understand the issue well enough to challenge it, to say, I don't think that sounds right. I mean, I don't think we should have to live, you know, in the desert without air conditioning. But if you end up understanding what the climate change advocates have in mind for you, it is nothing short of radical Marxist communist control over the society, all justified by climate change. It's why the international globalists also push climate change, because they know the average person cannot possibly refute them because they're not climatologists. And the climatologists that do say, that speak up and say, actually, you know, this is really isn't true. I mean, yes, we all care about the climate. We all want we all want to have a healthy environment. We all want to prevent air pollution. We all want clean air and clean water. We all understand, we do all care, but the way the left is able to use climate change is because they, they can you know, spin out a bunch of hypotheticals and graphs and charts and you know, futures of the world where there's no water left. And we go, oh my gosh, all that's gonna happen unless we let you, this is their message, all these bad things will happen to the world unless you let us take control of everything. This is, the climate, this is the climate change agenda. And you know, I'll tell you, years ago, I am going to get to my third story, but years ago, I remember when Rush Limbaugh, uh, one of the greats, of course, he was talking early on about climate change when Al Gore was blathering away about his book. And Limbaugh said, climate change is the new home, or you know, environmentalism, climate um, change, climate global warming, is the new home of the Marxists. It's the new home of the socialists. They use environmental policy to gain power and control. And I thought, I don't think so. That's, I don't think so. I mean, you know, they might be right or wrong and some climate issues, but they're not using it for a political agenda. Please understand, they're using it for a political agenda. The same thing is true of race. And I've I got a little longer in that segment than I meant to. I want to hit my last topic briefly, which has to do with race and race relations. So you may have heard the story. I call this racialized spread Marxism. 
So you may have heard the story uh, that there was a, uh, a letter written by, uh, by the National School Board Association President Viola Garcia. This uh, the National School Board Association President writing to President Biden. I didn't like calling him that. He who occupies the White House, Biden. And she's basically complaining about all these parents showing up at school, at school board meetings, and challenging critical race theory, challenging uh, the agenda for, I mean, challenging the entire critical race theory agenda. And she's complaining that these stupid parents are trying to interfere with us. And she, I don't know what she wants them to do, like, you know, outlaw school board meetings. I don't know. But she's whining and moaning about the idea that they want to be able to have the agenda the schools have without having to listen to these dopey parents. And on the critical race theory topic, we've talked about this show many times, but there has been actually an explosion of activity in school boards around the country when parents in communities all over this country have started to realize, my public school is teaching the 1619 Project, the New York Times 1619 Project that says America is inherently, inherently racist. America didn't really begin in 1776 with all these beautiful, noble ideas of the Declaration of the Constitution. It actually began in 1619. America is an evil country. America is inherently racist. All white people are racist. White people are incurably racist, and nothing can ever change. If you're white, you're, you're permanently inherently racist. And you have, by the same token, teaching black children in public schools under the CRT, you're a permanent victim, you, you, are, you will always be victimized, you have been treated unfairly, and, and the entire country is against you. America itself, the founding ideas of America, work against you. It is designed, the critical race theory is designed by, designed by leftists to be used, again, to destroy America. So under COVID and climate change, the left uses those issues to gain power because they know that intellectually most Americans don't know enough about them. Racial tension, critical race theory, Black Lives Matter advocacy, the 1619 Project are also used by leftists with the same agenda to gain more power against you. But the reason that those agenda items were chosen is because leftists understand that race, racial tension, racial uh, injustice, racism are extremely tender, you know, emotional issues. They understand if they float the word racism against any person, any idea, that most Americans will back off. So critical race theory, in case you haven't heard this show before or don't know this, critical race theory has nothing at whatsoever to try, nothing whatsoever to do with trying to make build racial understanding. It has nothing whatsoever to do with building racial communication, racial understanding. It's all about Marxism. Critical race theory is rooted in Marxism. It's rooted in the, uh, the intentional destruction of America, destruction of the idea of America as founded, destruction of the concept of America and all men created equal, endowed by our, our creator with inalienable rights. All of that is ugly, hateful speech if you are a critical race theory advocate. Critical race theory is all about permanently dividing America along the lines of race, pitting Americans against each other on purpose. Part of critical race theory is telling white people, you're incurably racist. It doesn't matter how many nice things you've done, or what you think in your heart, the fact is your skin color dictates what you think and, and you're placed in society. You are permanently uh, a, you know, just an evil force in society because of your skin color and black Americans are supposed to accept the idea you're permanently a victim and nothing you ever do can take you out of that category. Parents, finally in this country, black parents, white parents of every race and ethnicity, speaking up in public schools saying, 
No, stop teaching our children this. Stop. This is a good country filled with good people. But I'm telling you in the same way that climate's used to attack America, COVID's used to attack the founding freedoms of America, racial tension is being used and exploited by leftists in this country to bring down America the great, the strong, and the free. Understand race. I'm not saying there is no racism. Of course there's some racism in this country. There's racism in the minds and hearts of people of every skin color, race, ethnicity, and national origin. There's racism exists in some pockets, overwhelmingly in America, overwhelmingly, whether you're white, black, conservative, liberal, you know, whatever your ethnicity, national origin, the fact is virtually every American finds racism deeply offensive. They're outraged by it. They're outraged by it. They want to fight it. That's the truth about America. And that's the truth about the culture created from the ideas that created America. That's where truth lies. But the left knows if they can, they can drive a wedge in American society by casting aspersions on America itself. And by the way, part of critical race theory says that it's, it's a, it's a Marxist intellectually or uh, Marxist by its roots, but it's also pushing against capitalism. Capitalism, freedom, free enterprise are racist ideas when you're a critical race theory advocate. Now I'll tell you two quick stories that happened in America just to make the point of how left uses race to divide people. And those of us who love America, of every skin color, race, ethnicity, and national origin, need to lock arms and say, we are not guilty of what the left says is true of America. America is not guilty of what you're saying about it. America is comprised, composed overwhelmingly with good and noble people who try very hard every day to love their neighbor as themselves, to treat each other with dignity. That's the majority of Americans. So quick tell you, uh, one uh, quick study was done. You know, these racial hoaxes happen, you know, that, that some incident occurs and that turns out it was a hoax. Well, hate crime, racial hate crimes is very, very interesting. Of the 346 allegations that were studied, I don't know what year this was, 2019, I think, 346 allegations of um, racist things, of, of you know, a, a big racial incident happening, one in three uh, was actually true. The other, meaning the majority of these claims about massive racists, you know, someone painting graffiti on a school, someone sending hateful messages. Uh, of all the allegations made about that, only one in three were two, meaning two-thirds were hoaxes. Hoaxes. Remember Jesse Smollett? Complete hoax. Made up a story to get attention and to try to claim that he was the victim of some racial assault. There was also a recent, very recent story in Missouri, the state of Missouri, two different high schools. Ugly uh, graffiti, racist comments painted on the bathroom walls and outside the school. I'm not going to read them because, you know, they're the kind of horrible crap that, that, that someone who was really racist would write. But these things uh, written on a, uh, the public school walls, two Missouri public schools, uh, and the schools, oh my gosh, the students walked out, they were outraged, the administrations had to apologize and say we are not racist and we'll get to the bottom of this. And I mean, just a huge emotional turmoil and people just pouring their hearts out saying we feel so terrible about this. Perpetrator, perpetrator who wrote all that in these two different high schools in Missouri, a young black student. Another one, similar one happening uh, in uh, the state of Georgia. In the state of Georgia, there was a neighborhood in which there were really ugly racist 
um, statements left, um, accusations, uh, you know, um, attacks in a neighborhood where the person making the attack, making the statements, uh, was claiming to be a KKK person. And so these people in this neighborhood in Georgia were finding in their mailboxes black citizens in, in Georgia finding in their mailboxes ugly, vile, racial messages signed off by someone claiming to be Ku Klux Klan, saying how they, you know, we don't want you in our neighborhood and get out of here. I don't know what stuff they said. You know, horrible, ugly stuff. Perpetrator, a black woman who's now come forward, acknowledged she did the whole thing. I am not saying that every incidence of racism is a hoax. Yes, there are some times when really racist incidents occur, and everybody of every political stripe hates them. Everyone wants real racism exposed and rooted out. But these kind of hoaxes, you might think I'm about to attack these people, as Jesse Smollett and the woman in Georgia and the student in Missouri. And I have to tell you, I think in some really weird way, those people, wrong, they did wrong, bad thing. But in some weird way, they are victims themselves because we live in a time when the Biden administration, when that's going to uh, the Biden administration and the um, uh, see it was Mayorkas. I can't remember who it was. It was Mayorkas, the uh, HHS head, um, and there was a um, uh, General James Comey as head of the FBI. I mean, there were just literally a series of times in which high-level American officials have actually said in Congress, in testimony, in public statements, that in all of America, despite all the danger we have from radical Islam, all the, all the Antifa you know, attacks in American cities, that the biggest threat to America is white supremacy and domestic terrorism. This has become a mantra out of the Biden team. I know Comey said it. I know Mayorkas said it. Numerous other high-level officials on the American left are claiming that Domestic terrorism by white supremacists is the biggest threat to America today. And I'm here to tell you this is a lie. This is a lie. And they know it's a lie. They don't believe it's true. Of course, there are, there are people of every race and skin color who are racist and every, people who have evil intentions. And of course, we have to expose them and we have to prosecute them. But understand that when these people, Biden and Comey and all sorts of other officials on the American left, say in public that we have the biggest threat facing America is white supremacy from domestic terrorists, it is a political calculation to divide America. They're using allegations, false allegations of racism, false allegations of the prevalence of white supremacy to cause Americans to become fearful, to fear their neighbors, to become doubtful about American society, and to try to silence, back to my school board's uh, kickoff story, to make parents think you can't even go to your public schools and complain about critical race theory because you might be branded a racist. Why don't you want to talk about critical race theory? And the parents have had to really get some backbone and say, and the great thing has been, by the way, black parents speaking up, saying, to school boards, please stop teaching our children to hate each other. Because at the end of the day, that's what critical race theory does in the public schools. It teaches children to hate each other. 
It divides America. It intentionally divides America. And just like COVID and just like climate change, racial tension is also an issue the left exploits, the left uses to exploit and divide America. And the best remedy, the best antidote is to call them out on the lie, not to cower in your home in fear, not to say, well, I don't want to speak up because someone may say that about me. Do not let them get away with this. Be part of the the, the growing band of Americans recognizing our country is under assault. Our country is deeply, profoundly under assault by leftists who wish to bring down America, the free and the great and the strong. Leftists who've always wanted to have a Marxist society where the idea of individual liberty is ignored and debased and just pushed to the side. They've always wanted this. And this, they seize on leftists, seize on issues. They seize on anything that can instill fear in the hearts and minds of Americans. For them, it's a way to grab power. And as we saw it with what Obama did when he took the control of the healthcare system with a bunch of lies about the American healthcare system, even when the majority of Americans wanted the healthcare system we had, he paraded some stories of people who did have unfortunate circumstances. Our healthcare system wasn't perfect, but he used these unfortunate stories to say, see, see, we have to have the government take control of the entire healthcare system. And he had the people who are very left-leaning anyway in Congress go ahead and do it. So now we're watching the use by the left of COVID, of climate change, and now racial tension to say these are, they see these as not issues of uh, that have merit on their own individual, uh, own, that there's merit in the individual with the issues that are involved. They don't see it. They don't see these as things to discuss on the merits of each of the issues of COVID or climate change or race. They see an opportunity to divide, to instill fear, to seize power, to convince Americans to, to surrender their country to what they've always wanted, which is a country controlled by a massive monstrosity of federal government in Washington, and not, not a military invasion of Marxists or communists. They didn't need a military invasion. They're accomplishing the same thing in America by bringing, by exploiting issues that do have to be addressed and solved. You have to address COVID. You have to address climate and clean air and clean water and healthy climate. You have to address racial issues. But the left uses each one of those and many more as their means or vehicle to seize power. And the only way to fight back is to be better informed, be outspoken, do not back down, stand up for the idea of America. At the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started today's show in the beginning. We talked about uh, Scheller, the hero, the hist uh, story of the Marine Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller, publicly denounced lack of military accountability for the disastrous Afghan withdrawal, soon arrested and put in the brig, now facing court-martial. Patriots donated $2 million to help defend him spouts off negatively about Trump for failing to unite the country, disses Trump supporters, as they say, not smart, but he just didn't know any better. He's not, I mean, he's proving he's non-political. Scheller is brave. He's putting his military career in the line for the right and righteous idea of accountability. He's politically naive, but he's entitled to his opinion. Scheller is a throwback soldier. He's loyal to his oath 
and he's speaking truth to his military superiors, the U.S. military. Actually, he's more like him. And on climate, COVID, Christmas, and Fauci, Fauci claims authority to decide whether Americans can gather for Christmas in 2021. I'm telling you what, we're having our big Christmas party this year. Yes, we are. Americans are tuning him out. Fauci was never elected to anything and has no constitutional authority over anyone. But more importantly, why does Fauci never have to answer for data that contradicts him? COVID has a 99 plus percent recovery rate for almost everyone. COVID vaccines show reported deaths and serious adverse effects at high, unprecedented levels that never before were considered safe. India, oh, I didn't even talk, India, I guess I did mention, India has a great thing about ivermectin. India has demonstrated effective use of ivermectin in a province of over 25, 250 million people puts the lie to the mandatory vaccine narrative, as do studies with budesonide and HCQ. Americans are right to stop listening to Fauci. Lies and hoaxes and tools of the left. Missouri High School racist graffiti, turns out written by a black student. George's KKK style threats, turns out to be written by a black woman. Oh, I forgot about this one. NASCAR's hangman's news, turned out to be a garage door pull. There was nothing to that story. And Jesse Smollett attack, turns out to be totally staged. He attacked, he arranged the attack on himself. Comey, Ray, others citing white supremacy as America's top problem are just voices of the left using tools of the left, lies and hoaxes to achieve and maintain power. COVID and climate change are two more tools of the left. Attempts to play on sincere Americans who additionally, initially defer to experts and then use that deference to take away freedom before enough Americans notice what is happening. Always recall, if lies and hoaxes are needed to maintain leftist narratives, the narratives themselves are bogus. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America, because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. Can We Talk? Truth About America.